And I just like, remember feeling that moment. I feel like there was like a wall and it was like, everything you're saying is not hitting me because I'm, I can think further. I can see this conversation happening from the outside. And I understand that you're just not the right fit for me. Hello, welcome to Statement Mondays, where we explore how different women harness their identities at work. I'm your host, Natalie Munster, and if you need a reason to be bold today, here it is. Today is Statement Monday. Today, we have an interview with Nooper Chabra, who is a recruiter for Facebook. I've gotten to know her through various panels that she's put on for university recruiting events. And believe it or not, she's a big reason that I started this podcast. I loved talking with college students just a few years younger than me, and I wanted to be able to dole out inspiration and mentorship on an even larger scale. Anyway, in this episode, Nooper talks all about the importance of knowing what you bring to the table in a professional sense, and she has some powerful thoughts about how confidence is just convincing yourself. One acronym I'll clarify for you in advance is XFN, which stands for Cross-Functional Collaboration, being able to work well with other teams and functions outside of your own team and role. Great. So as always, stick around after the interview to hear my top takeaways on what Nooper talks about. Let's jump in. So my name is Nooper and I am currently, and I always say currently because it's who I am today and not forever, um, a recruiter at Facebook on software engineering, hiring the best and baddest talent to come solve the world's hardest problems. I love that you mentioned that you're currently a recruiter and there's always places you want to go. (laughs) (laughs) So then what would you say is currently your identity, your public identity? At work? Yeah. Okay. I would say that I'm known, well, I think I'm known for high energy because that's just part, that's like per public and personal vibe is just high energy environments are good. Luckily, a lot of my team being recruiters, many of us are extroverts. So that kind of is, you can be very high energy because everyone around you is kind of accepted and is part of the norm. Mm. And then other than that, I would say like reputation wise, um, I like solving strategic problems. I get asked to work on things that are definitely more about like, okay, we know that we have this issue. We haven't tackled it. What are five or six different angles? Can we build a program about it? Can we scale it? And then also I would say my identity is being a really like being the best cross-functional partner I can be of like, how can we take people from like different disciplines, different backgrounds? How can you build really like strong working relationships, whether that is in a project of like where people have a bunch of conflicting ideas and we got to all get on the same page or like keep us moving along by like putting check-ins and calendar holds on people's, you know, and that kind of stuff, make sure everyone's heard. But then also just with my key stakeholders, just you know, building a really positive foundation at step one. And mm. then it's like, what do we build on top of that, which is the actual work. Mm. So you, would you say then that your reputation is someone who's really, really good with XFN and problem solving and, and tackling situations that haven't necessarily been solved before in this space? Do you think that evolved? How do you think that evolved? So I think it's a couple of things. I think it probably feels most authentic in this job than it has in a long time in any other job. And I think part of that is I'm in also like a positive work environment, which is great. But I do think in terms of building that positive work environment, this is probably one of the situations where I just decided that I was going to be the positive person 
before I started this role, I decided that I'm doing this thing that is like being a recruiter is not like what my parents sent me to school for. I'm Indian, but it was never on the map of options, right? So like it becomes one of those things where it's like, okay, I get to do this thing. I know it's not permanent. So I'm going to go into this experience with how can I be really positive? How can I like embrace all of it? How can I constantly make sure that I'm learning so that when I do walk away from this experience, and that could be, I don't know, like next year, five years, 10 years, 20 years. I don't know when that is, but Mm -hmm. when I walk away, I look back and it's like, okay, I took advantage of everything and I didn't allow myself to get caught in the BS or the like judgments or the ego or the things that kind of weigh down and make environments not positive. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is that your positivity and your energy and the willingness to learn and get everything out of an experience as possible that doesn't really depend on the environment that you're in. Cause you described Facebook as a, a great environment for it, but you think that would have still been your goal and you still would have had that identity had it been at a different place than Facebook. No, I think it's like a little bit of both. I think partially there's a choice because like I, mean, I, had, I had another role at Facebook before and there wasn't the same experience. And I, in reflection of when I transitioned, I remember having a moment of reflection of like, where else could I have done? What other steps could I have taken in the past to have made this outcome different, mm-hmm. right? And so I think part of it is like self-ownership of you have to choose. If you want something to go a certain way, you have to like choose to embody that a certain way. And like, if you don't, it doesn't go another way. You can't just blame everything around it. Mm-hmm. That was like really hard to just be like, I probably contributed to some of the stuff that made this not so great. Mm-hmm. But I do think like your battle that you're like, trying to fight is much greater if you're also in an environment that isn't naturally built as a safe space or doesn't have open dialogue where your voice is valued and things like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm assuming that you've been a very positive and upbeat person your whole life. Yeah. Except when I was like unhappy in previous jobs. Yeah. (laughs) Or really, I don't know. Like, (laughs) yeah, I think that I've become, I think it comes in waves. And I think I'm a naturally positive person. Naturally, I don't know if naturally is the right word. I don't know if it's like, because I try to look at things like what's the silver lining mm. because I just, I just do that or if it's a natural thing. But I think, I think I have a pretty quick bounce back rate. I mm. don't let things linger. And if you upset me, it might bug me. And then I'll literally forget it happened an hour later. That's one thing for sure. Like I have a pretty high bounce back rate. I don't let things kind of linger very long. I mean, I still get anxiety and I still get nervous. And if I'm in trouble, like if I did something messed up to somebody mm-hmm. uh, and I know they're going to call me out on it, I still get really panicked. And I'm like, oh shit, I don't want to talk to you. Yeah. But like, <laughs> so I try like in most, I really spend a lot of energy on that. I just go, okay, in like five minutes, it's going to matter. In five days, in five years, in 50 years, it's not going to matter. Like why am I sweating the small stuff? That's always in my MO. There's obviously times where like I've felt my worst and tears have fallen in jobs and that happens too you know yeah you check yourself basically yeah you have to that's a great point so what what role did you have at Facebook before being a recruiter yeah so I had a cool role on paper and I always say that because it was a freaking cool role I worked in marketing and I got to work across a variety of really important products from privacy security suicide prevention tools, women in emerging markets, connectivity, like how do we bring internet to the world where there's no internet? Mm. Literally, I mean, I got to travel the world. It was, it's hands down the coolest job experience I've had. And that's, that's a fact. 
And then now in recruiting, I mean, I now get to hire people who get to build these products. So that's pretty awesome too. But that's what I was doing before. It was, I say on paper, because while it was on paper, really cool and wonderful, it didn't like align with my inner soul. And so it was one of those things where I almost like felt bad for not wanting it because Mm -hmm. it was like, are you, are you throwing away an opportunity that's in front of you? Because you're just, for whatever reason, you just can't. And I think sometimes like, I should be grateful. I should be grateful. There's this weird fine line of being grateful and being honest with yourself. Um, but that's where I think what the pivot was like, I am grateful for this. But if I'm being honest, this is for a moment and I got to go do something else now, Mm. you know? How did you know? I feel like it requires a certain amount of knowing yourself and what you like or what you want or what you aspire to, to actually be able to make that decision and feel confident about it and actually take action and do something else. So I think the part of doing and the action are like separate. Um, The knowing piece I'm somebody who like really believes you have an energy around you. I'm literally wearing a braid right now and I look like a hippie with a shirt that says <laughs> all you need is love, but I'm not. But I like do believe that you have an energy and I do believe that our bodies know what's good for us and what's not. And mm-hmm. I think your body gives really gentle knocks when something isn't working out for you. And like that could be having bad sleep or that could be you're breaking out or you're waking up with a backache. Your body gives you these gentle knocks, which are like, hey, something isn't aligning with me. And so inherently subconsciously, like, you know, this isn't for me. Those knocks become a little bit louder and manifest into other things. And usually at that point, it's like, oh, crap, I'm really far down this path of being misaligned. Mm -hmm. So and that I feel like I've recognized from past experiences, like, oh, I should do a better job of recognizing these gentler knocks before Mm -hmm. things get worse. So I would say like that was a big part of it of like in my heart, I just knew I was ignoring it, which is what we all like to do mm-hmm. because it's harder to change. And then the second part is like the action. Once I was like, okay, I've accepted that this is the truth and I'm okay with moving forward and I'm not going to feel guilty. Then that was a whole slew of building self-confidence and telling myself I should get the other thing that I want and then chasing it. Did you, totally separate. Did you build self-confidence by just telling yourself? that you, that you could do it? (laughs) I dab in a lot of exercises, which sounds really, not like workout exercises, a lot of like dreaming of like, if I could have anything in the world that I wanted and nothing mattered, what would it be? Mm -hmm. Okay. What are the barriers for me achieving that? Oh wait, those barriers aren't really that real. Why have I created these barriers? A lot of pausing and reflecting, which I'm not good at. Mm -hmm. I'm a high energy person that thrives on people. And Mm -hmm. I like to be around people and be constantly surrounded. I don't take a lot of time to like I don't journal. I don't reflect. I'm not, I'm, that's not my thing. I'm not good at it. I, I think that that's what you have to do actually, if you want to discover parts of yourself. So mm. forcing myself into that, I took some courses at Facebook and then like at some point just convincing myself that if, if I interviewed for a job, for example, if I interviewed for the role and the manager was like, Oh, you're great, but I need, if you want to join my team, you need to start much more junior. Just telling myself, okay, that's your opinion. But what I'm recognizing is that you are not the right manager for me. Mm. It's not that I'm not the right candidate for you. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So just getting to a point of like, I know what I bring to the table. I know I have these skills and I know that they're going to be better served if I can land this type of an environment. So like, I just have now convince you because you're not going to believe I have the skills because I don't have the background and try to make a jump and you're not going to believe me. And if I don't freaking believe it, how the hell am I going to change your opinion Yeah. when you already don't believe it? <laughs> so yeah. like, Definitely. But it took, it took 11 months to be clear. It wasn't wow, like, yeah. 
one day. It was a long journey of like, you're going to get through this. (laughs) Let's pause here. So we've heard how Nooper takes advantage of every situation she's in. Even if she doesn't want to be a recruiter forever, and that might not be what her family expected of her, she's doing awesome right now and making sure to get the things and the skills out of this experience and this role that she wants. And a big thing that I'm thinking about right now after the first half of her interview is always remember that you control your own career and your identity, and no one else should take that ownership. And even better is don't give anybody that power. Nooper's emphasis on knowing what you bring to the table is really similar to what Emma Kalajian in episode 15 said. She said, don't give away your keys. You take ownership over your successes and hold on to the keys to your happiness. So don't let other people decide the value that you bring. Up next, Nooper talks a bit more about this idea and then also about how practicing wearing an identity will help you actually become it. And for those of you who don't yet know about my classic Statement Monday's final question, I always ask my guest, what are your heels? With heels being a metaphor for a trait or something physical even that gives you strength, that represents who you are, and that you literally or figuratively wear every day. Okay, well, let's jump back in. So do you bring your whole self to work? And if so, what does that mean to you? I think I do more probably now than ever before. I think that there's, I mean, there's limits. Like on a Saturday, I'd probably have a beverage earlier in the day. That was an adult <laughs> beverage that I would at my job. <laughs> if it was like my own business, maybe happy I would start earlier. Yeah. Um, in some respects, yes and no. I think that there is a, still a fine line here like of... I bring my whole self to work in the sense I know who my people are that have my back. And for them, 100%, I can ping them a note and I can be, I can say something like, can you believe what happened in blank, blank, blank. Mm -hmm. But I also know my audience is enough to like understand that just because if I'm having like a bad day or I have an opinion on something, that is not entirely who I am as a person. That might just be one fleeting moment. Mm -hmm. And so I am careful in that sense of, I try to be really positive. I always try to like find the light and I always try to especially when talking to peers or lead to managers, doesn't matter. Like always try to stay more on the positive side of a situation. So in that case, yeah, I bring my whole self to work. I know where my boundaries are because I also don't want someone to like make a judgment call on who I am and just yeah. assume that like I'm negative and I'm not. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I bring myself to work. I'm going to amplify the better sides if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's easy to say, oh yeah, I bring my whole self to work, but I like the nuance that you've pointed out of wanting to be wanting to have a certain image right and yeah and if positivity is the the thing that grounds you in your identity at work you have to maintain that to some degree exactly yeah and also thinking I think that the thing about bringing myself to work which I think is best self in life too like if there is like a thing you're trying to be in the future try to embody that too like if you're trying to be kinder if you're trying to be more on time whatever they don't have to be like anything skills or attributes like bring that self because the more you keep doing it, that's going to become your reputation. And then like, it'll naturally just become you, you know? Definitely. I do. Okay. So tell me about a memorable moment where you felt invincible at work and then what empowered you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll give you this example again and then I'll think if I can pull up another one. But I think 
I think something I already kind of touched on was when I was interviewing for other roles, there was many times I talked to hiring managers or people on teams and they were just like, you're not qualified for whatever reason. Like you don't have the skills or you don't have the experience or like, I'm really looking for something very particular, like whatever. Sometimes about me, sometimes about them. The role would all of a sudden no longer be available. Things change. And I just remember when I felt invincible was sitting in a call with somebody who had the best of intentions, a manager, a director, and her just telling me, you can't have this job because you are not qualified. And if you want it, I need you to take a lower role, which was mm. two levels below my current role. Wow. And I just like, remember feeling that moment. I feel like there was like a wall and it was like, everything you're saying is not hitting me because I'm I can think further. I can see this conversation happening from the outside. And I understand that you're just not the right fit for me. You have an opinion of how things should be. And what I'm recognizing is if you don't value skills and you don't value transferable skills and you don't value my past experience the same way I value it, how would you be a positive manager for me? I'm sure you're great for the people you manage. But mm-hmm. that was a moment of just feeling like I own my career and like I own my identity. I own my next step. And I, just cause you're telling me, no, it doesn't matter because I'm just going to keep going. It sounds like you really know your values and it's for a long time though. I mean, yeah. that, that sounds like it's hard. It would be hard for me to even do at this point to, to have someone tell me no. And then I'm more inclined to doubt myself and be like, Oh, you know, wanting people's you approval. That's one of my characteristics, but I mean, your other part of your question was like, what empowered you? Yeah. Honestly, it was just, practice. I know it sounds like so silly, but like this was the fifth time I had the conversation, but I walked Mm. in knowing, I walked in knowing what I brought to the table, which goes back to reflecting and like feeling confident is just half convincing yourself. I walked in being like, I'm best at this job. I don't care what you have to say. You know, like when you fight with a parent or like a sibling or something other, and you're like, I'm right. And I don't really care what you have to say, but I know I'm right. And you don't back down because you're convinced it's the same thing. It was like, I was convinced because I had spent so much energy just convincing myself my way or the highway. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really mean. It was just at that point, I know what I bring to the table because I've spent enough energy knowing and I'm understanding that you just don't see it. And that's not because I'm inadequate. That's just because you're coming from a different perspective. Yeah, definitely. I, I love that. That's such a great analogy of going to your family and your parents and knowing what you are and what you well, want. We all fight our families and our significant others and we think we're right and we never <laughs> talk down and yeah. we're like, I'm the shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. <laughs> this is great. I love hearing about this. <laughs> and a fun question. Okay. What is your life motto? Oh God. <laughs> Okay, I have two, but one kind of summarizes the other, which now that I'm thinking about it, I would say um, I literally feel like I'm having flashbacks of my dad saying a bunch of phrases that he repeats over and over again. I would say, I would say change is your only constant. Mm. I think I've just, that's, and I'd say the older I've gotten, the more I've understood what that means. And the more and more I'm like, yeah, change is your only constant, just being okay with that. When was the last time that you fully and totally embraced change as a constant? Oh, I mean, welcome COVID. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) I want anything, like even in work, we have an internship program and then it went remote one day and all of a sudden it was like, okay, now we have to just adapt and you got to just deal. Or like I sprained my ankle on Sunday and 
I'm sitting in Seattle on, we moved to Seattle so we could enjoy nature and go on hikes and walk around outside. And I've had a sprained ankle now for eight days and it's not getting better. And it's so pretty outside, but it was like, great. So instead I work outside for a couple hours and we went kayaking because it doesn't require my ankle. And this morning I finally, a week later, decided to Google like best workouts to do without using weight on your ankle, you know, yeah, and like, yeah. I, it was not like a real workout, but I was like, Oh, my heart rate is up for the first time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we had all these plans. And it was like, instead we ate a really, really decadent, fancy meal. <laughs> so that's how we did fun instead of going yeah. on a hike. I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, sounds like you definitely embody that. I mean, change happens to everyone and you seem to, of all people, like <laughs> take advantage of the situation. Yeah. So what, yeah five words would people you work with use to describe you? Oh man, I like, I'm so bad at these kinds of questions. I mean, I feel like I have to say positive given our conversation. So right. I'll go with that. I say positive, adaptable, like a people person, extrovert, I guess is the word, mm-hmm. strategic. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know a fifth one. Oh, bad jokes. Bad humor. <laughs> <laughs> How do you describe me, Natalie? Mm. I would say adaptable. Yeah. Adaptable for sure. Cause I know whenever things go wrong in intern events, you're so, you're just on top of it. You're on top of it. I, I would say also, um, this word is going to sound funny. I don't want to say like coaching cause that's not the right word, but just in a way, mentor, mentorship, a mentor in some ways yeah. in certain things. When someone wants to talk about like career, how to unblock themselves. So kind of just a good coach I guess but not that sounds like too self-fulfilling and I'm not trying to say that but yeah no I like that (laughs) so to wrap it up in one word or phrase what are your quote-unquote heels I think just in a phrase like as cheesy as it is like always looking for the silver lining or the how do we get to the other side of the rainbow I don't know just like Mm -hmm. get there like that positivity like let's just we have to get through it so let's just make it the best outcome yeah Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. That was Nupur Chopra. I just love Nupur's energy. And we actually did this interview way back last year before I even knew I was creating a podcast. So thank you, Nupur, for continuing to support this whole adventure of mine. Okay, so I want to discuss two different things now that both have to do with following your heart versus your body versus your mind. So the first is the power of your mind in helping you become the person that you want to be. Nuper says the more you do something, the more it becomes you. So essentially our identities and our reputations can change and we have control over that. You're going to think that this example I'm going to share is totally random, um, but I used to be a picky eater, but I really didn't enjoy being picky. So Whenever I find something I don't like, for example, shrimp, I will myself to like it and I order it at restaurants and I just continue to eat it over and over. Now I love shrimp. So basically what I'm trying to get at with the story is if there's something you're striving towards being, it's not going to happen magically. You know, you have to be intentional and, and honestly practice it until it becomes natural. And I suppose a bit more related example is that I wanted to be more outspoken at work and voice my opinions louder. And my way of encouraging myself to do that 
was wearing bolder clothes to lend myself that bravery and push me to act bolder, too. That was the original Statement Monday's event. Like Nooper says, feeling confident is mainly about convincing yourself. So that's the sheer power of your mind in transforming your identity. Now for a different point of hers, recognizing that even if something objectively sounds ideal or logically fits with what you think you should do, it might not actually align with what you want or with, well, as Nooper puts it, with your soul. And the big thing here is don't feel bad about that. Uh, Sometimes things just aren't a good fit, and that's normal. You should definitely appreciate the opportunity, but then move on. I also have a personal example for this one. So on my first team out of college, I was working my butt off and just like pouring everything I had into my job, but something just wasn't working for me there. I found myself emotionally and physically drained every day after work. I started being tired all the time, and my body felt sore for no apparent reason. Then I realized that these were actually physical symptoms of, I'll call it my spark fading, or truly my my soul losing energy. And this scared me. I mean, I didn't want to burn out and lose who I was because I just wasn't fitting in the role that I was in. So I ended up making a jump to another team, and this team just felt right. All of these physical symptoms went away, so it was a matter of weighing logic, like I should have been happy and doing well on my other team, Um, and it was weighing that against what my heart was telling me, which was that this wasn't my place. And so I'm so glad that this time I listened to my heart and to my body. Anyway, long ramble for me, but... All to say that your mind and body are more connected than you might think, and your body will give you those knocks and signs, as Nooper talks about, if you're in the wrong place. Alrighty, so that is all I have for today. And if you're curious about what it takes to make a podcast, check out my new Substack, basically a blog, at statementmondays.substack.com welcome, and you'll get to peek behind the scenes of Statement Mondays. Anyway, be sure to follow or subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. And remember, be bold. Today is Statement Monday. I'm Natalie Munster. My intern is Mallory Pilon, and my audio engineer is Martin Munster. You can learn more about me and Statement Mondays at statementmondays.com or follow us on Instagram at Statement Mondays. I would love to hear what you think and how you have been bold lately. So please get in touch. I'll see you next Monday. Bye.